0: Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this chance we have now to look at the Bible. And we pray that if we go away with nothing else um, uh, this afternoon, it is with a better understanding of your word and with the desire to put it into practice. Um, we pray that uh, yeah, we would know uh, this part of your word so much better. As a result of looking at it this afternoon, and that you would help us to um, understand how it relates to our lives and how we can respond in obedience even today uh, to what we read from the Bible. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're, we're not on our vision statement once today. We'll we'll re. I think we'll start that next week. Um, but uh, I thought, because it's a kind of in-between week, we'd, uh, it's a chance to look at, um, uh, really, to think about the new year, to think about uh, what this year is going to hold for us, um, what kind of year is going to be. Actually, um, I need to do the next slide. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do is, uh, well, we're going to look at Psalm 27, as you see you've got in front of you. Uh, but um, before we kind of look at that, um, what is prayer? Uh, what is the, the main focus of, of prayer that we look at? Now, we've, we've thought about prayer a little bit uh, as we went through the vision things uh, last year. Um, and um, we've looked at certain aspects of prayer, certain passages that talk about prayer. But what do you think prayer is? You can answer this question. Is it? Uh, do you really think of it as an encounter with God uh, where we're looking for God to act in our lives, for God to do something uh, here and now as we pray? Uh, or do you think of it more of as, as a conversation with God, where I guess we get to know God better, uh, where, you know, where we uh, kind of um, get in touch with God and, and listen to him? Um, what do you think? You know, what, what's your thoughts on this? How do you think of prayer? And I mean, the right answer is it's going to be both, okay? So, but uh, it's not a trick question. But you know, generally, you know, wh- where do you fall on there? Where, where are you most comfortable? Uh, which one of those two? I guess what's the fo- You know, when you pray, what's the main focus of the time that you spend uh, in prayer? Any thoughts? The last one. Sorry. The last one. The last one. Mm. Okay. So prayer is a time to get to talk to God, to get to know God. Okay. Does everyone feel the same? That or, or? I think the kingdom
1: centre adds an extra dimension to the first one? so that not, <coughs> not just being a an encounter with a sort of experience there and then but the idea that prayer is is trying to work out what would God want from a situation, trying to almost bend our minds into God's way of seeing the world so that we think so that we pray for his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's quite important. (coughs) So prayer is in some ways the shaping of our hearts to his Mm. rather than just coming to him with whatever's on our right our
0: heart. Yeah I think that's quite important. We'll see that as we as we go on the next few slides, you'll see that. Um, but I think uh, what also it's worth, I guess it's worth thinking about the extremes of these. So if you go to one extreme and you go just, it's all kingdom centered, it's all encounter with God, and that can lead to thinking, such, you know, we want to bring heaven down to earth, we want to see everything realized now. Um, you know, Lord, we demand you to do this, you know, that and the other. And sometimes you can sort of, be so demanding that you're expecting you're really calling on God God to do whatever you want and that that can be one extreme of that Mm -hmm. side of things and I guess the other one the other extreme with a conversation with God um, where it's communion uh, centered it's talking it's getting to know God you can be that can move into the sort of meditation and the and the candles and the the smells and the bells and where it's an experience a a spiritual feeling that you go through. Um, and uh, you know, that, that can come out of that extreme of it. Uh, having said that, I think we 've probably focused more on the first one in some of the things that we 've highlighted in, in the last f- few months. Uh, we 've seen God answer some of our prayers. we 've talked about being shameless in the way that we pray. Um, and we 've done some of, you know, of that first one, in, encounter with God in some ways. Um, so today I really want to sort of look at more at the second one. Um, as we look at Psalm 27, we'll see uh, what it's like to have that encounter with God, to have that conversation with God. Uh, now, these these two ideas I, I haven't picked up my they weren't my own ideas. Uh, there's a book by a new book by Tim Keller called on prayer, and he his whole book is divided into these two sections basically, uh, and he looks at them side by side. So that's where I got these phrases from: encounter, encounter with God and conversation with God. Okay, here's a very long psalm. This is, well, it doesn't even fit. Um, so that's basically what you've got on your sheet. Psalm 27, written out. Um, as we look at Psalm 27, uh, what does we want to think about how is it basically, what's the overall structure of it, what's it trying to say, and then we delve into the details. Uh, but could someone read uh, Psalm 27 that's on your sheet, please? Yeah, thanks.
2: Lord, my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and
0: wait for the Lord. Okay, thank you, Penny. Okay, so again, a bit of interaction. So one of the things that uh, uh, we see in this psalm is confidence. We see that David has confidence. Uh, we're getting the big picture here first, like I say. Uh, can you uh, maybe shout out some bits where we see David's confidence uh, in this psalm? Yeah, whom shall I fear? Verse one. Me, and the answer is no one. It's or nothing.
3: First, sorry, first one. Whom shall I be afraid? Yeah, Anything?
0: that's right. Also in verse one.
2: Verse ten, the Lord will receive me.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Verse three, uh, if war breaks out against me, even then
2: I'll be. Become... Yeah. He's got done, and it's not him that will tell them forward. Okay.
0: Verse 13. Confidence? Yes, com- the word there, yeah. confidence. Yes. Yeah. Verse, verse
1: 5, in the day of trouble he will keep me safe. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, that gives us, and um, there's more. In um, all well, the colours have gone wrong. I did, it was right before. It's, it's right on the next one. Um, it's, not, it's not all of that, the confidence. <laughs> Uh, but basically, the, you've got quite a, the first three three verses. There's a lot around confidence there, and the last couple of verses, confidence there, which is off the screen, and in the middle, you know, there's <coughs> bits and pieces as we've seen. So the confidence uh, in there, uh, but there's also conflict. Uh, so where do we find the conflict in these verses? Verse
2: two, when the
0: wicked advance against him to him. That's Yep, that's right. So there's there's a wicked advancing against him.
2: An army besieging him. Yeah, an army. Verse
3: 6, enemies who surround me.
0: Yeah. There's five days of
2: trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Oppressors, verse 11.
0: Yeah, verse 11 and then verse 12, there's some more as well. 11 and 12 together, there's a couple. So throughout, and again, my colour's gone wrong. It, it worked before. But you've got some at the beginning. You've got, yeah, throughout, throughout the psalm you see, uh, but particularly at the beginning... Uh, there's mention of the uh, enemies and so on, uh, and then uh, throughout you see bits and pieces of the trouble, the enemy, and so on. So there's, co- but he has confidence in conflict. Um, uh, and wh- where do you think we'd find the answer, the reason why he's got that confidence? Where does that come in this psalm? What kind of verses? Beginning, middle, or end? Do you think where that confidence is really sort of expressed, or they sort of where that I guess, that encounter with God that gives him that confidence? Verse one. Mm-hmm. So, verse one, he states it. Yeah, But um, he is. His confidence is stated in verse one. Um, cool. is
2: it, is it yeah, on? I think. John.
0: Yeah. So, I think what I was trying to say is. Um, Again, all the colours have gone wrong, but uh, around the, you've got a conversation with God that really starts, that is spoken of in verse 4, you know, one thing I ask from the Lord and this do I seek, right through uh, to all all of these verses here, Um, in the middle we've got him talking to God, we've got him desiring to be with God, that conversation with God um, taking place. So overall I think the psalm can be summarised with three Cs, although I'm not going to stick with those necessarily. Uh, confidence in conflict through conversation with God. Um, and we are look at verse by verse, section by section. And there are four sections, really, uh, um, along these lines. First one is in these first three verses. We see that he's confident uh, in the conflict. So we saw that. You know, he speaks with great confidence, doesn't he? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Now what do you think, what kind of fears would David have had, uh, If you think? So he you know, was a king, lived um, with the king of Israel. Uh, what were the, the kind of fears, you know, from the history of David that he would have faced uh, in his time as King, and maybe even before that.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Sort
3: of enemy countries surrounding Israel.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there, there were times when the the, the surrounding enemies, um, that's right. Yeah. From different countries. I guess early in his life, there was also the conflict with Saul, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, when he was fleeing in the into the wilderness and so on. Um, there were various times when he went through conflict um, and you know we're not going to have those same kind of conflicts this year are we? We're not going to be in the situation where we're wandering in the desert uh, with Saul chasing after us um, we uh, have a relative amount of peace in this in this uh, country don't we, in our current situation uh, but uh, we're still going to face conflicts, we're going to face difficulties uh, and they're going to come from different places uh, they might be other people uh, they might be the, the sin in our hearts, actually. Um, they might be for us individually or as a church. Who knows what this uh, year will hold for us? What is 2015 going to be like? Uh, what kind of conflicts are we going to face? We can't expect it to be a bed of roses. Um, conflicts are going to come and difficulties are going to come for us individually uh, and as a, a group. But are we going to fear them? What fears are we going to have when those things these, these come? For David, look at that. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? He had no fears. He he was not afraid of anything, ultimately. He had that confidence uh, because he knew that the Lord was his light, his salvation, his stronghold, the one who gives him life. And actually, if you read verses 2 and 3, you see that David seemed to get more confident the worse it got. Uh, I mean, it starts with the wicked. Um... not specified who they are. Um, The wicked advance against me to devour me, or perhaps to slander me, as it can be translated. Uh, So maybe they're just bringing lies and uh, wrong thoughts about him, and uh, they stumble, the the enemy stumble in that case. Um, Then an army comes, and he says, my heart will not fear. So he's not fearing when an army comes. And then a war breaks out. Even then he is confident, no matter how difficult it gets, he has that confidence uh, in the Lord, that the Lord will sustain him through that. Uh, And I wonder, in reality, how confident are we when uh, things turn up, when these troubles come, which probably are nothing like as bad as what David had to go through. uh, How are we going to cope? Do we have that same confidence confidence in the Lord? uh, Or are those the times when we sort of rush to other things for help? Uh, When we don't have that confidence in those conflicts, we should do it, shouldn't we, though? Because we have the same Lord that He had. We know, we can say, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's that's the confidence that we should have. And yet, so often when the conflicts come, we forget that. And we put that to one side, don't we? We don't always remember that. We'll look at the next uh, few verses, but first a, a question. Um, and this is: What do we desire? What is our ultimate desire? What's the thing that we desire most? Um, this is a, a quote, quite famous quote from C.S. Lewis, uh, from a, um, from the Weight of Glory. Um, someone like to read it out.
4: Yeah, Andy. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud
2: pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea.
4: We are far too easily pleased.
0: So it kind of turns it on its head, you know, saying that the problem uh, is not that we don't have desires. Our desires aren't strong enough, uh, aren't deep enough, aren't uh, big enough Um um, focus on the things that we really should desire, You've, you're desiring making a mud pie in a slum uh, when you could be having a two week holiday um, by the sea and and enjoy the, the sand instead um, so we're half hearted we don't have the right desires or even the deepest desires um, now in uh, Tim Keller's book on prayer he, he looks at uh, three people who who had spent some time praying and uh, had in Instructed on how to pray. Uh, those three were Augustine, um, Calvin, and... i trying to remember who the other one was. They'll come back to me. Oh, Luther. So it looks at those three, and it's quite interesting to read how they prayed and how they encouraged people to pray. I'm just going to pick out a couple of things that, that Augustine said, um, and the first one is quite interesting. Um, and the, again, it's all gone funny, but never mind. What do we desire... And he said we should pr- desire a happy life. Uh, that's what he said we should pray for, a happy life. Now that seems like a strange thing, doesn't it, that he should be asking for that. Uh, and I, but I think to understand what, uh, what he meant by that, we have to go to the first thing that he said. Which was this, and this is Keller's uh, kind of description of what he said. We must see that our hearts' loves are disordered, out of order. Things we ought to love, third or fourth, are first in our hearts. God, whom we should love supremely, is someone we may acknowledge, but whose favour and presence is not existentially as important to us as prosperity, success, status, love and pleasure. Uh, In other words, um, when we're praying for a happy life, we're often thinking about prosperity, success, status, love, pleasure. We think those are the things that will give us a happy life. Uh, But actually what Augustine Augustine was saying was, yes, we should pray for a happy life. Uh, We should desire uh, things. Uh, But uh, the problem is, if if we're desiring the wrong things, it's all going to be disordered. It's all going to go wrong. And we need to put God first. We should love him supremely. He should be the uh, number one thing that we desire. Um, and then we can pray for a happy life. A happy life is one where we put God first and when we love God and want that relationship with him. Which brings us back to our, um, the next few verses of our psalm. Which has gone too big again. It's playing with you. It is, yeah. So when you start fiddling with things the whole thing goes wrong like a bunch of dominoes, isn't it? <laughs> Best not to touch. <laughs> Uh, But good thing you got on the sheet anyway. So, conversation with God. So we looked at um, the confidence that David had in the conflict. uh, But now we're looking at the conversation that he had with God. And we see here, uh, verses uh, 4 to 6. I'll read it out. One thing I ask from the Lord, only this do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Now I wouldn't have expected David to ask this, would you? you no, know, He's just talked about his enemies and it's getting to the point where he's talking about you know, a war and uh, an armies coming against him. He'd expect him to ask that God would deal with his enemies, destroy them all. And actually in other psalms you do see him saying that kind of thing. But in this psalm the, he only asks for one thing. That's the only thing he asks. That's the thing that he seeks. And it's not destruction of the enemy. It's that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him uh, in his temple. So he wants to be with God. He wants to spend time with God. And in this context, he wanted to be in the temple. He wanted to be uh, where uh, the focus of uh, worship of God was was on. He wanted to be there. And I you know, just wonder how different this is from what we may ask. You know, how often do we ask for that, that thing? You know, how I long to be uh, in your presence. Uh, uh, how I long to be with your people in your presence. Is that the most important thing that we desire? The thing that is most important to us? Uh, it, it, do we desire to be here? Every, uh, I'm sure you know, we, we do. I'm sure we do. This is, this is the most important thing in our week that we come together and meet together and worship the Lord. Is our most important thing on any day of the week, that time that we spend alone with God in our quiet times in the morning or the evening, uh, do we desire to meet with others, uh, to pray together, to look at God's word, uh, to spend time uh, gazing on the beauty of the Lord, to thinking about him, uh, to making him the priority in our lives? Well, actually, this word beauty, I find it quite strange. I don't know if you find it strange. Uh, because... You see beauty uh, when you look at Hollywood movies with Jesus in. He's always very beautiful or handsome, isn't he? Uh, so you see that, mm-hmm. and we kind of react against that, and we think, that's not quite right. Uh, and in fact, there's a few uh, modern songs that talk about the beauty of, uh, you know, beautiful Jesus or something like that. And it kind of grates with me when I hear those. It doesn't feel quite right. And yet, here we see um, that he wants to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Um, now, what do you think that means? What do you think it means to gaze on the beauty of the Lord? Anyone got any idea? How would you express it in other terms? What would you say then? It's
3: kind of perfection, isn't it? You're looking on something you know, and you can never achieve
0: yourself. So. so we're looking on, yeah. When we look at... Uh, yeah. But not physically. We can't look at God physically. <laughs> David couldn't, could he? So... You can look at uh, Hollywood Jesus you know, physically and see some beauty there or something, but, you can, but, but that's not what this is talking about, is it? So, would so
4: looking at his glory. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
4: There's beauty in his, the nature of God in, in who he is and in his loving, merciful, graceful nature. Yeah.
3: I think when we get to heaven, we feel the Lord. That's what verse is talking about,
0: isn't it? Um, So yeah, so you're saying that that you're thinking this is referring to the future when we're in heaven. Um, I I think there's a sense in which um, it can be looked at both ways uh, because it says all the days of my life, so he's talking about now, Uh, and I think he's talking about that time when he can get to the temple, the tabernacle, to actually spend time in worship. Now he wants to get there now, Um, but of course we can look forward to that time when you know if you look at Revelation and how that that will ultimately be fulfilled. And, uh, yeah, so that I think there's a bit of both in there. But I think that David was thinking literally of going to the temple, in his case, um, where he could immediately gaze on the beauty of the Lord. He wouldn't have seen the Lord, uh, but would have had seen his glory and seen the things that he does and his attributes and so on. So There's a bit of a surprise though, there, is isn't there? Because
4: elsewhere in the Bible, if people see God, they're in trouble. And yeah. Generally, they put their face to the ground. And yet, in terms of a conversation with God, there's almost an equality there, not in terms of existence, but in terms of relationship that he can gaze in safety.
0: Yeah, and then there's Moses, he couldn't see um, God's face, and that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Passages like that that talk about that, yeah. Isn't there that that there's that deeper sense of beauty? So sometimes when we really are thinking in these terms about beautiful people,
3: they're often very old and haggard. You just put the picture of them on a billboard and you don't know them. It's mm. a very ugly picture. But actually they're some of the most beautiful
0: people we know because their character and their love for the Lord Jesus is so deep and their warmth of
1: affection and so
2: on. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And God that's infinitely more awesome. yeah. mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I should you sort of get the impression that there is he kind of what he does when he gets to the temple is almost he's been building up this sort of mental picture of who who God is, not, maybe not be really a visual picture but of, of all the things he remembers of what God's done, what he's going to do, what he's promised what, all these kind of things sort of come together into this mental picture which then when he gets to the temple he gets his time to just stop and appreciate that um, yeah. and that's his kind of gazing on it mm. yeah. Um, yeah I was just going to say yeah I think I would think about gazing on the of God being thinking
2: of the wonder mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: But how, you know, is this what we do? I mean, when a conflict occurs, we're in the middle of conflict, do do we say, my one desire is to be with God, to gaze upon his beauty, to think of all the amazing things he's he's done, to think about who he is. Uh, We get caught up, don't we, in the conflict, uh, and we forget the conversation with God. We forget uh, that that is the most important thing. Uh, But amazingly, David, in this situation, uh, he didn't forget, and he desired to be with God. That was the thing that... Uh, was most important to him. But but his troubles are not absent from this uh, passage, are they? Because uh, verse 4 is uh, his desire. Verse 5 has got the word for in there, just off the screen here, but on the sheets. Uh, He says, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. He's got that confidence uh, that, uh, you know, that God will uh, keep him safe, um, doesn't say or take away the trouble, the trouble is there, he, he does have enemies, he does have conflict, he does have problems, uh, but he knows that God is out with him, he's got that confidence in knowing that the God who is beautiful like this, the God who, who is trustworthy and faithful, uh, is the God that is with him uh, in that time of conflict, conflict. And then verse 6, uh, he says, uh, My head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. He, is, he doesn't define himself by his circumstances of his enemies around him. He uh, is looking to God uh, to be the one who will exalt him. Uh, the one who uh, enables him to give these shouts of joy, to sing and make music to the Lord. Uh, he has a full confidence um, and he longs for that time doesn't he, when he can be uh, in the temple uh, having that conversation with God that's conversation with God part one, um, and we'll see part two in a minute um, but first, can, you know, can, can I bring my request yet? So he's, so he's come to the te- he's come, he's, his desire has been to know God, to uh, uh, seek God, to be in the temple he hasn't actually brought any requests to say, get rid of my enemies. He hasn't said that yet. Uh, he's concerned with that, that relationship with God. Uh, so can, you know, is now the time, uh, the next verse, to bring his request to say, OK, now, Lord, I've spent some time getting to know you. Now will you do this for me? Uh, well, actually, he doesn't quite do that yet. Um, and again, this is something that uh, Augustine said, as we pray, is quite helpful. To help us get our prayers in the right order. He said, be guided in the specifics of how to pray by studying the Lord's Prayer, for example. The Lord's Prayer is something Augustine used to guide him to get their priorities right. And when you see the Lord's Prayer, you see the first half there in blue. Our Father (coughs) in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's looking to God, isn't it? It's focused on God, seeking his glory, seeking that his will will be done. um, And seeking that his kingdom will come. And some of that will involve us, uh, but it's not looking for what we want and what we need. It's looking for God's will to be done. It focuses on God. Uh, and that's the right place to start, isn't it? That's where we start. Uh, and then you have the second half of the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We start to pray for the things. Uh, we bring our requests. We bring our needs to God. Uh, But first of all, uh, we've spent that time uh, conversing with God, talking with God, uh, uh, praying that his name will be glorified, that his will will be done. And that's the kind of order uh, to come into it, rather than rushing in with our requests. Let's have that conversation with God first. Oh, there they are, his third directive. Okay, it's all messed up. So then we come back to uh, Psalm 27 and verses 7 to 12. And this is a second conversation with God. And if the first conversation with God took place, uh, w- was kind of his desire uh, to take place in the near future, that he wanted to be in, in the temple. He wanted to be in that time, uh, spend that time with God. This is really happening now. This is how he feels now. He, okay, I'm, I, I desire to be with God and, and this is what it looks like. So he says, hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Saviour. Again, the face, you see the face coming up there? So he longs to see, see his face. And again, um, it's not really in that uh, actual physical way. Uh, but it's to do with the presence of God. He wants to be in God's presence. He wants to know know God. And uh, I find it interesting with these verses here that uh, David seems to need to remind himself uh, to do it. My heart says of you, seek his face. So he has to tell himself, I must seek God. I need to seek his face. Uh, And then he says, yes, your, your face, Lord, I will seek and uh, quite often, you know, we have to actually go through that effort, isn't it, of, of saying, yep, I'm going to have my quiet time, I'm going to spend time with God, uh, I'm determined to do that, I will do that. Um, and uh, we need to sometimes remind ourselves of, of the importance of doing it and actually doing it. But we see, I wonder if we see in David, uh, we either see a little bit of doubt or we see some confidence through that potential doubt. Because he says, be merciful to me and answer me. Uh, now, that, might Im- that could imply that he, he's not confident uh, that God is going to answer. Um, but we know from the rest of the psalm that he is. So, we can be sure, too, that God is merciful to us, isn't he? God has shown his mercy to us in sending Jesus to be our saviour, to break down that barrier between us and God, uh, so that we can have that relationship with God. So we can be confident. We don't have to be doubtful that we can come to God. We can boldly come to God, as we've uh, spoken about before. Boldly come to God. There is no barrier. There's nothing stopping us because of what Jesus has done. We can do this. We can seek his face. So why don't we do it more often? Why do we uh, try and do things in our own strength? Why do we uh, think we can just get on with our normal lives and leave out God when we have full access to God at any time and in any situation? Uh, we can seek his face at every time uh, because we, he has been merciful to us in sending Jesus to uh, die for our sins so that we could be right with God. And we don't have to feel that God is hidden from us. He says, uh, do not hide your face from me. Uh, do not turn away, your servant away in anger. The anger has been turned away. Uh, we don't, uh, God doesn't hide from us. Uh, we can come to God. We know that He doesn't reject us; He hasn't rejected us or forsaken us. We know that He is our Savior. We have all that confidence, all of that we know, and so uh, there's nothing to stop us from coming uh, to God, to seeking His face, to uh, to looking to Him. And so, again, in this conversation with God, Part Two, He seeks uh, the Lord. He wants to spend time getting to know the Lord better, and that is His main focus. But then finally, at the end, he does bring up his, uh, his request here, uh, in his situation. Verse 12. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. Uh, he does uh, bring a request that uh, in that situation he's facing, uh, that uh, he would be vindicated. That his enemies would not win. So he, it's not that there's no place for a request, but he spends plenty of time getting to know God in uh, getting to build up that relationship with God before uh, he brings his request. But the main bulk of what he's doing, if you you look at it, what does he do? He he asks for help. He asks for teaching and guidance. He says, teach me your way, verse 11. He says, guide me, lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. He asks for teaching, um, guidance, for help. Um, And finally, he looks for protection from his enemies. Uh, And as we go into 2015... Are we really wanting God to teach us? Are we wanting to be guided uh, in the way ahead? Uh, do we recognize that we can't go about this year just on, on uh, doing the same old thing we did last year? Do we recognize how much we need God as we make decisions, as we go through changes in our life situation? Um, because th- that's what we ought to be doing. Uh, we ought to be humbly coming before God, asking him to teach us uh, and to lead us. Uh, in the way that we should go in the year ahead uh, And finally just to uh, wrap up on uh, Augustine uh, Augustine, so here, Augustine said four things, one we need to uh, the first directive, we need to get the things in order, the things that we ask for are in, in the wrong order, we want possessions and things first, uh, secondly we need to uh, desire God which is um, what we've been looking at in verse 4 particularly of this Thirdly was the use the Lord's Prayer as a guide uh, in the order we do things in. And fourthly, don't necessarily expect all your troubles to go away. Um, and this is what he said. Tribulations may do us good. And yet, because they are hard and painful, we pray that they may be removed from us. Yeah, so there's that dilemma, isn't it? When we go through uh, troubles and tribulations, we say, Lord, take them away. But actually, that may not be the best thing. That It might be that through difficult times... God teaches us things, um, and uh, His wisdom is greater than ours. So, His final comment: so pour out your heart's desire. We should be praying confidently and boldly, and asking Lord to deal the Lord to deal with our circumstances. Uh, but at the same time, remember the wisdom and goodness of God as we do so. That God knows best. He's a you know we looked about last year about uh, God being like a father who gives good gifts to his children. And he's not going to give things that are harmful. It won't give us a scorpion or a stone. They give us something that is good for us. So he has the wisdom and goodness of God. So even as we pray boldly, we need to constantly remember that God knows best and will do what is best for us. So, there we go. So the, finally, we, we have the last two verses where he comes around full circle. So he started out being confident in the conflict. He had a couple of conversations uh, with God in the middle. Uh, And now he comes back to that confidence again as he wraps up this psalm. But he adds a little bit on the end as well. He says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. So verse 13, that confidence (coughs) is how he began. He began with that confidence in the Lord. But then verse 14, uh, what does he do? He actually is talking to someone else now, isn't he? He's not talking to himself. He's not talking to God. He's talking to the other people, the people listening to this psalm, the other Israelites. Uh, And he's saying to them, uh, basically, it's worth it. (laughs) Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Uh, We can be sure that just as God uh, is dealing with me and helping me through my situations, he has been my helper He is the one who will teach me and lead me and guide me uh, and help me as I face in times of trouble. Uh, So, uh, the same is true for all of us. So, why don't we spend some time this year encouraging one another to wait for the Lord, to desire the Lord, to seek the Lord's face, to encourage one another to be strong and take heart and to wait for the Lord, to... uh, as we face troubles and difficulties. So let's share those with one another. Uh, but let's encourage one another to seek the Lord um, and recognize that He is the one who has helped us in the past and He will help us in the year ahead. So, this is what we have from this psalm. We have confidence <laughs> in conflict uh, through conversation with God. As we go into this year, 2015, uh, there will be conflicts. There will be time when we'll have conflicts in our own family situations. Uh, they may be uh, from other people. They may be even conflicts in ourselves as we deal with sin, uh, as we deal with troubles that come to us, which could be illness or not being able to find a job or a house to live in, or those kind of things. We're going to have those conflicts but we can have confidence in the Lord. We can know that the Lord is the one who will sustain us, who will help us, and who will guide us. But we need to remember to keep having those conversations with God, that every day, every time we meet together, uh, that we spend time in God's presence. Not just coming with our shopping list of requests that we ask for, uh, but coming uh, to get to know God better, to praise him for who he is, uh, for what he has done for us and for how he will guide, guides and leads us. So why don't a few of us uh, pray in response to that and just um, thank God for what he has done, maybe in the past year. Thank God for how he's going to guide us for the year ahead uh, and particularly for who he is and for what he has done in our lives and what he's going to do. So a few of you would like to pray.
1: Thank you, Father, that... Uh well as all the things you, you do for us, and the things we see, we can be so unshakably confident in your character, and who you are, and knowing that you are truly good, uh, that you are, are working for good in our lives and in this world, uh, and that you have a, a wonderful salvation for us. Um, just thank you that we can we can entrust ourselves to uh, to who you are, uh, and have confidence in that.
4: Father, we praise you that as we uh, build uh, this new church that you are our light and our salvation.
3: Amen. Bill, we thank you for uh, the many prayers you have answered so far in the setting up of this church plant. We thank you for uh, Alex and Lucy's home. We thank you for John's job. We thank you for where we are right here and now these premises which were initially unavailable we thank you for all those prayers and we just continue to pray lord that we would pray uh, boldly and shamelessly for the future lord that where there is the the launch lord that you will bring in men and women of streatham uh lord who don't know you we're not just coming from another church but know nothing or know a little about you, but even now you're drawing them in. Lord, we want to see a church that grows through uh, t- conversions. And we pray for the community, for the different nationalities represented. And we want it to be a, uh, an international church, Lord, that truly represents uh, your world. And we so we continue to pray for those things. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. amen.
2: Heavenly Father, we do pray that um, as much as we want to surge ahead with the work that's here, that we would learn to wait upon you, that we would do things in your time and not in our time. And Lord, we just pray that uh, you would uh, continue to work in us, and we pray, Lord, that you would commit what we've be taught to our memories, that we might uh, be changed and shaped by it, that we might uh, become the lights um, that you want us to be in Stratton. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to um, encourage um, Alex and John in their teaching on us, that, that we would become true ministers um, for you um, in this corner of London, and that uh, we would continue to wait on you and to grow in you, uh, to be able to do that. Amen.
4: So, as we desire that that international church, as we. Uh, Do that, and we wait for your timing, whether that's fast or slower. Uh, We seek your will. Uh, May we uh, hunger (coughs) to know more of you. May we hunger to see your face uh, in your word, uh, in each other, through your Holy Spirit, uh, through the joy of salvation, through the immeasurable amount of your grace and mercy may uh, may them
2: see your face Amen, Amen.